Hey everybody, I need you to know this is not an investment advice podcast, okay? The host's goal is simply to unravel some of the mystery of what the stock market is and how it works, but not how to invest in it, all right? Now that being said, enjoy the show. Well, as my mother used to say, invest like no one's watching. To the paper jam. Yeah, let's do the paper jam. To the paper jam. Nothing's real, the money's fake. To the paper jam. I said do the paper jam. To the paper jam, oh baby, to the paper jam. Welcome, everybody, to the Paper Jam Podcast, where every single week we randomly move our fake money from one stock over to the next one. My name's Mike Morrissey. I'm joined by my tall, handsome, wonderful co-host, Kenny Francis Gray III. Thank you. It's such, as a man who's uh, on the low end of tall, it's such a joy every time yeah. you call me tall. I think of you as, because I, I don't know how many folks at home know that I'm like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, so I can't. I can't really actually tell when someone's tall or, or not. I think anyone. Oh, so you'd say. <laughs> but you've got a tall guy like personality. I, I guess think. so. I don't know. Like you're over six feet, right? Or are you exactly six feet? Well, every day I wake up and dunk a basketball. So I guess <laughs> I'm. No, I'm six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm you... not one of those clowns who's 5'11". No, God, no. Um, no, I, I consider you tall, but I can't really tell. But Ken, I, I want to. Mike, I consider you handsome, but I can't really tell either. <laughs> That's another thing. Sometimes I'll talk to my female friends and I'll be like, hey, not for nothing. Like, this guy's a, a hot guy, right? And they're like, him? And I'm like, oh, my God, no. No, 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 I did not mean him. I, I meant, uh, I'm all out of whack, but that's okay. Ken, I'm coming in fucking hot today. Yeah? Tell me about it. Well, we talked on an episode a little while ago. I think it was on the Macy's episode or whatever it was. Of my new, I've already been planning my New Year's resolution. Is that I want to be, uh, I want to be decisive and I want to be intentional and punctual. So I had this whole plan of how I was going to get here today, and our, our, we have a, we have a very wonderful guest who we're going to introduce in a second. I wanted to make sure I was here ten minutes early, just relaxing in the parking lot, wherever. I wanted to make sure that I was here and ready to just get in the right headspace of the show. And but I had one thing I had to do before this. Uh, it's the holiday spectacular, uh, which means it's the holiday season. I had a gift I had to pick up at the at the Americana, the mall here in in Los Angeles. And holy fucking shit, did I underestimate how long that would take. It was such a, I've forgotten, I've done so much like, I've done so much holiday shopping like online last minute that I gave myself an hour to go, to get there. I, I tried to get there at 3.50. I was like, I'll park, get in, grab the one thing that I need to get, come back, and the mall is 10 minutes away from here. And I got there with uh, only enough time to like, it took fucking forever to park. It took fucking forever to get there. And I finally get to the store that I was going to and I try to walk in and some guy's like, stop. The store is empty and he's like, there's a line. I can't tell you the store oh. because you know the person I'm getting this for and I don't want to give anything away. The line for this ridiculous store was so far out and it was just so insane. So then I was like, all right, I'm just going to get a fucking Wetzel's pretzel and get out of here. The Wetzel's pretzels line was down the block. So I only had enough time to go in, not be able to get the thing, have to bail on my pretzel plan. It took me forever to get out. It took me an hour just to get in there and get out. And I didn't even get the thing that I wanted. And I was one minute late to the show today. It pissed me the fuck off. Can you say the name of the store and we'll bleep it out? 
No, I can't because what? You, because because you is know, it me? No, 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 no. It's you, me. No, it's not you. It's not oh, you, Michael. No, 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 no. no. Well, <laughs> you could just park the Maserati in my driveway. No, I was in the Tesla store. It's the, not next me? to the AMC. It's not you, but you know the person I'm getting it for. And if I if I said the name of the store, you would know the thing that I was getting. And I don't want word leaking out. Michael, you can just say it's Baby Gap. <laughs> no, you think Baby Gap would fit you? You're 42 feet tall. I I still shop at Baby Gap. Do you? Uh, no, but I it, don't. I don't. I, well, Ken, I have a lot of. I, I'm just. Uh -huh. I, I just had to get that off my. What off part my. took the longest? Holy fucking shit! I think getting getting in getting in and out of the parking garage mm -hmm. was so fucking long. And we talked on the show when I told you about my upcoming New Year's resolution of being more intentional and being more punctual, that your dad will be like, I think of it this way. I have to be, I have to record the show at five. So that means I should leave the, the mall at 4.30, which means I should get there at th four, which means I should leave at 3.30. And I was doing it and I was rushing to the store and that story was going in my head of, I was like, I planned this backwards. The moral of my story is that you even like, even when you kind of plan this stuff, I planned to get here super early and gave myself a ton of time. I was about to say three fifty for where we plan to record at five. That's plenty of time. And I still was like, yeah, I guess <laughs> I just no, it's not. I have, I have just so much shit. I have to get off my chest on this, but I was like, I, I because holiday shopping is a thing, but Ken, this isn't a show where we recap, you know, the craziness of holiday shopping and, and jingle all the way. We start mm -hmm. our Schwarzenegger esque antics. Wait, if someone's ever just listened to the show for the first time, what is this show? Well, a year and a half ago, we started with $10,000 of fake money in a paper trading platform. And every single week, we randomly move it from one stock to the next. Last week, our money was in Hormel, mm -hmm. the chili, chili company. Yes. And this week, our money was in... Uh, Airbnb. Oh my God. <laughs> Airbnb, Airbnb. This is Airbnb, a marquee Airbnb. stock that we've been holding on to for a while. Uh, friend, a friend of mine used to play a game when they were 16, they get high called Name a Movie. And it'd be what they would do is they just get in their face and go, Name a Movie. And they go, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It was <laughs> no. too much pressure. But anyways, joining us to talk about Airbnb is a wonderful comedian and actor and writer that we met here in Los Angeles. Give it up, Mike, for Mimi Von Shack. <laughs> Get that, get that sound effect on there. Can we, let's do the lead up again. Okay. Uh, joining us here in studio, a wonderful performer. We met at a show mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, Comedian, actor, writer. Give it up for Baby Von Jack. Welcome we, to the show, Mimi. This is an amazing sound effect. Thank you. I, I felt like I was coming out on the Arsenio Hall show. It's incredible. <laughs> we're, we're, people call us the Arsenio Hall of, of podcasting. I've heard that. I had an idea for a podcast as we were doing this that we should start, or maybe Mimi and I, maybe you and I can have yeah, a Yeah, I like that we pod. immediately were like, yeah, let's, Kenny's like, dead weight. He's holding us back. Because <laughs> we come on and I was like, okay, I'll maybe just- i the writer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can be the goddamn producer. Yeah. Uh, I was like, so hey, Mimi, just so that, here's how the show works. You know, we're going to three to five minutes of us just kind of catching up before we intro you. We should have a show where that we say that exact same thing. It's an hour-long show. We invite a big guest and, and they never, never introduce them. <laughs> they never get on. <laughs> they so it's never... like the Jimmy Kimmel thing. Like, my apologies to Matt Damon, I think, is like at the end of every show, he acts as though Matt Damon was waiting backstage. Oh, and my like God. He didn't get out. I, I would love that because I love 
long introductions. Do you? I love the uh, I love like the up like the little chatter at the mm-hmm. beginning. I'm into all of it. There are some podcasts that I listen to. I swear to God, where I just listen to the beginning, and then when they get into meat and potatoes, I'm like, I'm out. They're like, now our guest, and you just yeah. Turn I'm up. like, I'm done. Like, I actually just wanted to hear you guys like recap what was going on in your life. How long do you think? How, cause you don't, I don't, th- for the little I know you, but like, I don't think you would let that happen where you would just sit there silently. How long do you think you would wait before you would like, where you were like, oh, oh I'm sorry, <laughs> like, hi. I'll tell you what, I was really biting my tongue when you were talking about the store because I know exactly what store it is and yeah, I literally yeah. know nothing about you. I've met you <laughs> twice and I was like, I know what store it is, I know what he was getting, I know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I fully, oh, you did? In. Yeah, I knew everything. Yeah. And I was, I was holding it back because, of, you know, trying to respect like the sanctity of the pod, but I do feel that I. <laughs> I knew. So I think I would it wouldn't have been very long. You're an expressive performer. And and Mimi, for, <laughs> for those who don't know, was I'm gonna say the star of the Paper Jam Office holiday party or live that's show. Not true, but thank you, you for saying You that. got rave reviews from my fiance. I listen She said, you know who I thought was really good? Yeah. Women love me. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You were, you that's were true. I didn't think it was funny. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I hated thing. it. But when I write a new character and if I perform it and like no men say anything to me afterwards, I'm like, oh, I've done my job because it's not for that's you. So I funny. actually don't want you to watch my work and feel seen. It's not for you. That's really, really yeah. funny. Yeah, it's specifically for ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And the late and and I thought it I thought it was great. But she specifically, I was she was like, yeah, the show was good. And I was like, was there anyone that you thought really stood out? She, she said you instantly. You. Do you think it was good? I'm batting my eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) I actually hated the parts when you performed. Because I do that to my boyfriend. I'm like, (laughs) who do you you think um, had the biggest star quality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in. Who Who popped? Was yeah. Who really like popped? Who was the one where you were like, I go out with her. And he's always like, oh, you know who I enjoyed? And I'm like, and he's like, you? And I was like, yeah. yeah. He just knows he has to say you every single time. And if I'm really tired after a show, I'll be like, who's the best? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say me so we can get this out of the I way. I need yeah. to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Mamie, I noticed that while Mike was talking about the Americana, you shook your head yeah. in, in our time allowance. Yeah. How, do, how do you think about it? Yeah, however much time you think you need, you need more at the Americana. Okay. Because Overlord Rick Caruso has set it up in such a way. <laughs> oh, you mean Caruso. my mayor? <laughs> Your my, mayor, yeah. He's my mayor. <laughs> I, I sort of figured when I came on, I'd be dealing with two Rick Caruso stands. And Rick I love, Caruso is the man, for anyone who doesn't know, is the yeah. is the guy who invented, or I guess made the, the main mall in, in East Los Look, Angeles. Figuring out where a Wetzel's goes is the same yeah, thing yeah. as figuring out where the homeless go. Yeah. It's the same <laughs> thing. If Controversy reigned for it, mayor. It's Rick Caruso. Um, <laughs> And actually, that's why I'm here to talk about very inside baseball, L.A. politics. Of course. (laughs) We're having fun. The fact that you had that ready to go. You didn't even look at the board. That's how frequently he's got it memorized. That's right. (laughs) Just following Mike around. Yeah. He has to memorize it. I'll just kind of like paw at it and like press the wrong thing most of the time. But sorry, you you were saying when you're planning around the Americana the mall. You need to give yourself a lot of time because the parking structure is such that it takes you forever to get to your spot. And then there's a lot of people who go to the Americana just to be sort of like a looky-loo. Yes. And so you have to weave your way around Mm -hmm. them, especially what with Christmas time. And Mm -hmm. there's all the Christmas decor, Mm -hmm. all the holiday decor. I always feel that you need more time because I have made that mistake before. Oh. I have made that mistake. In general, I feel like, and I, you know where I do this a lot, actually, is at the Galleria, which I do believe is cursed. I do yes. believe the Glendale Galleria me, is cursed. Tell me why. <laughs> the Galleria, is, it, the Americana, 
They're right next to they're each right other. They're right next to each different. other. It's a mall next to it. It's it's much more of like the mall one would be thinking of it's, right now. And I I grew up in New York City. I'm not familiar with malls. mall and mall culture. Yeah. I, mm. I simply We're from do New Hampshire. Know. We know malls. Yeah, I, well, honey, <laughs> like, I know you do. Um, <laughs> I simply do not know mall culture. Uh, but it, it shocks me. There is no such thing as a quick errand to the Galleria. No. It's that, impossible. No. It's, you it's, need to give yourself freaking time. Yeah. You have to weave through all the teenagers. Teenagers still go to malls, which adorable yeah i love that. um they also still go to diners i don't know if you guys know that but i was recently at a diner and it was kind of late at night and there were a bunch of teenagers there like also really milkshakes it was the cutest thing in the world was That's it awesome. fred 62 it was <laughs> it was it me and kenny because we did that <laughs> last week i know we went is... at like 1 a.m and had milkshakes and talked it's about a show we saw the best yeah going to fred 62 at night teenagers still go there which i think is really cute it is adorable and they like hang out because to me and i feel like i know who i'm talking to here the late night diner is where you go after your high school production. Oh, of course. Right. When of, you were in Guys and Dolls. And, you, you're and, you, dolls, yeah. you're, and you're still in your old age makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you go. <laughs> so now that we're on the topic, tell us your history with musical theater. Yeah, I actually like wove it into conversation. And then yeah. we'll get to the financial yeah, stuff. Yeah, then I, we, we can't <laughs> no, forget I, about that investing question. This is technically question, a musical first, theater first podcast. Yeah, there's just yeah, not yeah, enough interest. Adjacent. If I'm on a podcast, it's a musical theater podcast, yeah. actually. <laughs> Uh, we're trying to break into that market, but nobody knows, nobody listens to our it's, show to find out we're mean. musical theater friendly. Yeah. Um, so I, what was, how, what, you what is history. your experience, oh, history of musical theater? It was my world and my entire personality mm. until like, well, I don't know, I'm 31. Until I was like 19, oh, okay. everything was musical theater. I started doing it in like a small, like community regional theater when I was eight years old which was big news because they only allowed nine years old and up, but I was Ooh, very tall. Get that applause button back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah, only eight years old. Yeah, I was eight years old, but I was freakishly tall for my age, and now I'm a five-five adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs> Quickly check in on traffic and weather. Uh, <laughs> We're on the paper copter. <laughs> I would love, I'm already just sort of baking myself into your um, relationship dynamic, but I would love if every six months you cut to me in the in the. Chopper. Hi, guys! <laughs> every six months. I'm above the gallery <laughs> today. I've been waiting for you guys to get back to me for six months. Um, <laughs> where oh am I on location? So you're eight, year, you're eight years I old. Eight years old, I started doing it, and then... I did it all through middle and high school. And because I grew up in New York City, I would go and see shows with my mom mm -hmm. always because they yeah. would do, and they don't, they don't really do this anymore. Also, Broadway is so much more expensive than it was when I was growing up. Yeah, that's it fucking crazy. nothing like it is now. Like, I tried to go see a show when I was back in New York this summer and I was like, I simply can't afford this. I yeah. mean, we had like terrible seats. But we would go and get turn-in tickets of like people who couldn't go to the show and yeah. into mm. these cheap seats Last just be the two of us and so I saw everything and it was like fully my personality and then I got into college and I started doing comedy and really just couldn't I couldn't keep up with the way that musical theater it's not you know it's hardcore when you get to a certain age and like I'm not a dancer I can move I yeah, can move I can, not a dancer yeah, yeah. move it, or not a dancer it is, it, it is, we did musical theater growing up, and it Together? was Together? Did you guys know Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. we met, we met it through that What show community. did you meet in? What show did we what? 
did you meet in? Were the, you in the show where we became friends was Les Mis, right? Stop. Really? Uh, Who did you play? Were we yeah, already friends yeah, at yeah, that yeah. point? No, 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 no. We we knew. So we did theater at. Di- we're from different parts of New Hampshire, and like we did different theater companies. Okay. And like when you're like, oh, you're from Massachusetts. I'm though, from. Right? I'm pretty much from Boston. I'm from Nashua, New it's Hampshire. Some local it's, dirt called Nashua, Massachusetts. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You don't know it. Is. The, I grew up in a city, so I'm cool. So I don't know. I'm cool. I don't know these things. The, New Hampshire's pretty cool. The New England crowd listening is like cheering and crashing their cars into yeah. buildings. As my mom would say, you know, plenty of artists make their living in New Hampshire. Yeah, says who? Well, mom. You know, poets. <laughs> Pull that fart sound effect up. I want it. I want it. I want it ready to go. Poets, we, local <laughs> women's productions of the vagina monologues. Yes. There's a lot of good work out there. Beavers that speak English. <laughs> <laughs> But we we did theater together like at different companies, and when you're just like one of the like straight like improv guys who also does musical yeah. theater, you you know who the other players in the field are. Oh yeah. So we were in a production of Les Mis that I was added into like four days before the show, and we kind of became friendly there. And then we ended up doing a summer theater program when we were in college, and that's when we got really close. Mm-hmm. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Two straight guys in theater. A few guys were rolling in it. That, you had ladies. Would you believe it? Insecure and unable to <laughs> land anything. <laughs> no. Wait, I need to know who everyone was playing in Les Mis, because I was also in Les Mis, so we all need to compare what roles we were. Well, uh, I was, I, Kenny was, we were Grantaire. Oh, that's his name. Yeah. I, I was, I was just an on I, my voice teacher was the music director and she was like, okay. we need men and it's the yeah. shows in three days. That is actually, so I was like the major domo. headline of theater at a regional and community level. <laughs> yeah. We need men. We need men who can sing low or like, <laughs> yeah. please. Who are I you? Were you Eponine? What, what's, what's going Thank on? Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> thinking I could be Eponine. That's you're, like you're crying. Literally the nicest thing <laughs> that anyone's ever said to me in Hollywood. Um, Who, yeah. no, I went to an all-girls school, so I played one of the guys. I was the first one to get shot on the barricade. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> wow. I thought you were gonna be an Angera, perhaps. Uh, thank you. I no. Um, I wish. I I actually my dream role, and I'm like very open about this, is Javert because I think Javert's yeah. Suicide is the best song in that whole show. Yes, yeah. that'd be a cool. That'd be a cool gender to change. I think miss. so, and I you wouldn't even. I have a really low voice you wouldn't even have to change it <laughs> yeah music but i was also the lady who <laughs> i because i had to play multiple of course uh, roles because i was getting older and they could no longer justify <laughs> they were like well she's almost a senior we gotta give her something we gotta do something so, here guys yeah because otherwise like she will cry backstage um <laughs> so i was the woman who like calls out fontaine oh yeah 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 which was like a role like she like called she plays the foreman in no, that scene. No, I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I bet you did. Yeah. What, what do you have a role that not ensemble of Les Mis? Do you have a role <laughs> that you were like, I was good in th- this was a yes. good call. What give there it to are me. two roles that people from the town and this is so sad and I can't believe I'm talking about this in a recorded forum. But there's two roles that people from the town I grew up in talk about for me. One is when I was Rizzo in Greece, Hell which is, as a girl yeah, in musical dude. theater, like that is my biggest flex. That's yeah, like, it's kind good. of still to this day all I have. Um, yeah. um, still it's going like strong. My biggest crap. I just took it off my resume. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> two weeks ago, I was like, I can Man. no longer put this out. I was 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was when I was 12 years old and I played the Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, hell Because it was the yeah. first time I ever improvised on stage because something went wrong and I improvised. Really? And then it was like, <laughs> what oh, did you say? Good. What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? I, uh, the, the uh, Tin Man's Heart 
was I can't believe I'm telling this story. This is so sad. The tin man's heart was stuck to my badge of courage. Like they got stuck together. And there was like a 10-year-old maybe having a heart attack on stage. (laughs) And the whole thing is like they had created, I think they maybe like created this part. I don't know if it's always in it, but where it's like like the assistant to the wizard or whatever. That sounds made up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The wizard actually has an assistant. (laughs) It's not just that we got any more bodies in the show. But maybe it was the guy who's also crying at the gate. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have also been like the guy who lets it into the Emerald City. I don't remember. But anyhow, it got stuck together and like the whole like the scene had already <laughs> describing the improv of the scene. The yeah. scene had already set up that he like wasn't very good at his job. So I it's the way all classic improvisers do. I turn to the audience. <laughs> yeah, to break the <laughs> smash through the fourth I wall. How about this, huh? Get a lot of this guy. I literally did something. Your bow tie spins. I literally did that. I was like full cat skills comedian at 12 years old. At 12 years old, I turned and I was like, take my wife, please. Um, <laughs> Can you believe Wait, I have to be in this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Walking through the audience. Where are you from? Wait, sorry. But, but, but. Takes a microphone. <laughs> I hardly know her. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, I said something like, uh, something to the effect of like, oh, this assistant. Like something like yeah. that that was literally very Catskill comedian. Yeah. And um, it got a big pop. And, there you go. Um, it's just something people in my town like remembered because I was 12 years old and like in full <laughs> yeah, face just... makeup, full makeup, this giant costume. Like Maine. Yeah, the full Maine. And it was like August in New York. So it was like 100% yeah. humidity. And, <laughs> just sweating. And I'm like at the height of Caked puberty. and makeup. The height of puberty. Yeah. <laughs> like... But do you think, do you, I have a theory about this that it's like, I think musical theater is, is such a fucking exciting thing. It thing yeah. and it's a shock and it's this big thing that you just eventually narrow down. I had a very similar thing of I was at a theater camp and we did The Wizard of Oz and I, I was like the Cowardly Lion because you were the Cowardly Lion too. Oh yeah, and, I and love like meeting a, other Cowardly Lions. Oh of course, life. yeah. But the big thing was is like in the audition, I, like it's so dumb now, but like the my the like big thing that I I got the part was because they were like and then like they spook you to so be nervous and I think I was just like. Ah! Yeah, like just like one yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. And everyone went crazy, and like that's when I was like, <gasps> like, oh, I yeah. love, I love this. And I think after a while, for a lot of folks who do musical theater because we like being big and getting attention, eventually you like chisel it down more. Yes. And it's like I actually just like improv, or I like the pipeline for musical theater yeah. to comedic adult is fascinating to me because I. I don't know. Did you guys have this experience where I would sometimes kind of pray that something would maybe go a little bit wrong? Oh yeah, because it meant I could improvise and I could because that's up my where own you shine. Yeah. And I could make up my own line, and then it was like exciting. Yeah. Versus like doing a box step. 100%. You know I mean? A hundred percent. You're like it's <laughs> it's a bad square. sign that I'm like ignoring the dance. I want shit to go wrong so yes. I can flex how good I am and how funny yes. I am when like things are a mess. And and like it took me. It took me a good long while to figure out that that was what I liked about performing. Like, I always did comedy, but it took me a while to be like, no, actually what I like is this, like, Muppet show, because I was a big Muppet Mm -hmm. person. Oh, nice. Muppet show thing. I can definitely see that, too. Yeah, it's it's all over me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like like when everything goes wrong. Yeah. And everything sort of falls apart, but it's fun, and it still feels in control, and it's, like, controlled chaos. Yeah. Which, as you get more into, like, serious Mm -hmm. musical theater, kind of goes away a little bit, and it's more like... 
who can sing the most insane note and like bend yeah. their leg above their ears, you know? <laughs> I do think something I've realized with time um, is that I, I had that experience very viscerally during Spring Awakening uh, when I really liked the music, but I just didn't like being in the show. Yeah. And show why is, why, why was that? Why didn't you like it? <laughs> well, this isn't, this isn't, I just realized at a certain point that like what I, what I was going to say is that with when you get into an art form, there comes a point where people start getting into the deeper, more niche stuff. Yes. And with musical theater, like when people are like, have you listened to Next to Normal yet? And I'd be oh, like, yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm not I'm into this, but I was getting deeper into like funny musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that led me to be like, oh, I like Mel Brooks. And then Mel yes. Brooks led me like yeah. farther down the comedy was, hole. It like, spam a lot for me. Like that's how I knew about yes. Monty Python because my parents, my parents loved comedy, but like they weren't listening to that in our house or right. watching it and then I was like oh wait what's this and similar thing with Mel Brooks and the producers and yeah it's just I think at the end of the day I realize this is just me personally that like the reaction with acting of wow like I didn't find yeah, the yeah. intense dramatic Man. scenes fun no, I found them no. fun when they were supposed to be a joke. Yes. And yes. still to this day, I am only able to really act if it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I yes. can be dead serious actor as long as I'm saying, you touched my butthole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I only know how to take it seriously <laughs> if it ends in a joke. If, it, if you know there's a big yeah, pop coming it actually, at the end. It's on that butthole line as well. <laughs> I, I remember doing that in, in high school, being in a production of Godspell. And like, what I, was your solo? Oh, day by day. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, no, it is. It scares to me all music after that gets me. We'll be right after this break. <laughs> no breaks yet. No breaks yet. And I'm up in the chopper. Sorry, um, day by day. Yeah, I'm above day by day. <laughs> I'm actually flying over the Pantages right now. And there's a <laughs> storm, actually. <laughs> It's the St. Anna winds. I'm crashing um, into the Pantages <laughs> Theater. Christ, I haven't told my parents I love them. You're in Godspell. I'm in Godspell, and it got to the part where it's like, Godspell's like insane. And yeah, like, it's fucking nice. I actually, we need to have a whole separate podcast where we just spend, because I know I'm talking to the right people, oh, yeah. where we just spend maybe six months once a week talking about the 70s production in Canada of Godspell. I feel like maybe <laughs> that's... And we just kind of get into... <laughs> and just get into the Yeah, we just get into, like, Victor Garber and Martin Short, of course. you know, playing, like, Jesus and Judas. Okay, anyways. Um... But it's the only like serious part of the show where they're like, "Am I the one who's going to betray you, Lord?" Oh yeah, yeah. And everyone's doing, and I was like, "This is my moment to show everyone what a serious actor I am." Oh god. And I'm like, "Lord, <laughs> so serious, like, Lord, Lord, is it I who's going to betray you?" And because I'm such a fool and I've always been a fool, yeah, yeah. People laughed, and I remember being like, "How dare they?" <laughs> yeah, I am this acting. is me strutting my stuff. Yes, I was flitting around in a stupid <laughs> wig, but moments ago. But now I'm acting with a capital A. <laughs> yeah. Well, on the, and this is a great transition. Get yeah. ready for it because uh, because you are such a funny person. You, you killed in, in the show that we did. I, I love watching you perform. But then we we were like, hey, we're, I'm going to ask you about this investing thing, and you had a very serious answer. I was I, was, I did I was, actually have a serious. You answer. shift gears very fast. Yeah, I, I was impressed by how serious <laughs> you could be. Thank but you. It's because of the performance of seriousness. Your performance. Yeah. Happened. Well, that is one question we asked on the show is Kenny and I invented this show because we were two dumb fucking idiots who don't know anything about the stock market and tried to learn about it the only way we know how, which is being silly and doing whatever the fuck this is. But what do you? Amazing. what is your relationship with the stock market right now? And do you have any insight that you've learned or someone gave you? I do have some things that I feel like I've learned. I am, I, I said this to you before we started, like I'm famously very like, 
kind of conservative with mm-hmm. when I invest. Like I, I'm, I get very nervous. I'm all about don't touch that principle. Do not touch that <laughs> yeah. principle you're putting in. Only you know take what you're making. But um, take I'm very, I'm very conservative, and I'm always like go to the things that people are always going to want: mm-hmm. energy, water, bones. Like that's keep it very simple because I'm so nervous. But that said, I I do sometimes have like wild fantasies about like what if I just what if I <laughs> won the lottery and I came into a big amount of money and I was like you know, treated it like I was in Vegas and I was like, but a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I don't even know what's yeah, yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Crocs. <laughs> we did uh, that and we I, lost money. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm, that's why I don't do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I am personally not very smart about it, um, but people in my life are. And what I'm very excited to is when, if you, if you ever do release this podcast, it's weird. I've noticed there's no recording button <laughs> on it. It is recording, right? We're in the parking lot of the Americana. So <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to send it to my brother and be like, I was on a podcast yeah, yeah, about yeah. investing. And he's going to be like, oh, my God. I hope what did you God. do? You didn't say anything because he's genuinely very, very smart about it, very mm. knowledgeable. And and I am, I am not. I just kind of go with the flow a little bit more. Investing is something that if you get more into it, it does become – in the same way people are like, I'm a comedian or I do improv, investing does become something people like identify with. Yeah, Because well, yeah, it yeah. is a skill set. It's a culture. Learn. It's a yeah. skill set and like it's like a very high stakes game that also isn't fun. Yes. <laughs> um, that's the way I would describe it. Like a very high stakes game with very – very boring repercussions. Rules. Yes. Very boring repercussions. Things that it almost feels like are baked in to trip you up. Yes. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. Which I feel about a lot of major systems in our country. Um, it's built in to make you mess up and make you be confused. That's what we've learned. Yeah. That's I, like you don't know this, but I went to uh, I went to grad school and got my MBA and one of my, my investing professor. Okay, brag. So, <laughs> brag. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, I had a professor who corroborated exactly what you said. He said, and it just said, you know, at the end of the day, the stock market is gambling and it's made purposely to be uh, uh, obtuse and oblique and gatekeepy. Certain people have the answers. And I think that's why a lot of people can get easily swindled or taken advantage of. And that's, you know, that's the part about it that really scares me. Yeah. I'm a very genuine and sincere person, and I believe you if you say something yeah. is true. <laughs> it, it's it, it's just so intimidating, and just the amount of people that you see, it's just so da- it's it is so dangerous. Like it, it is dangerous for like yeah. people to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna put all my money in this, and it's like it it, it just can just fucking go away. Yeah, I don't know. I think I some people. Uh, but I love like it. <laughs> when, yeah. the, when the Wolf of Wall Street came out. We were in college. I yeah. I was like, definitely went to college with people who watched it. I'll just say people, it's guys. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. walked out being yeah. like, Hell yeah. and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I was like, mm-hmm. that was a cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great example yeah, yeah. of uh, how our foundation is built on something really shaky <laughs> in the United States and how quickly it can all go away. Like, yeah. That's kind of the way I felt. But they were like, I want to work on Wall Street. Exactly. It's like, no, 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 no. It don't look like, cool, I but. I I might move to Woodstock, New York. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's just fucking terrifying. And believe it or not, we start with $10,000 of fake money. And I think we've only ever been up from that like for three weeks we, we've really? lost almost all of it. Well, well, but you're you're going all, all we're in. randomly just picking a funny yeah. company once a week and yeah. surprise surprise most times we lose money but yeah i don't know um but i mean that's that so is is there any what we also are learning is the people that can 
could give great financial advice can't because they can't like come on a podcast and be like, Hey, here's what you should do. Like exactly. it's illegal. Yeah. Do you, but they're, but do I have their sisters or their <laughs> kids who aren't no, affiliated with no, that can maybe do I don't, something. I don't feel like I have any advice to give. I don't, yeah. I, I have nothing to show for it. Other or than any like, rules that you play in your own head when you're, like messing around and investing, you also don't have to say anything. No, it's, it's not just truly show. that I'm very conservative. Yeah, and, and which I think is the way to do it. Yeah, I'm just afraid. Yeah, and so I guess if I were to give any advice, it would be let fear motivate you. Lean into your fear. Do not yes. run away. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. No, no. no I, honestly, but, it's well, it's very personal. Like anything that's financial or money related, it's so deeply personal, and yeah. it's not just related to your own experiences. It's to the people around you. What your relationship to money was growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know how how your parents spent their money. How your grandparents spent their money. I know some people who won't touch the stock market with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. Yeah. And I respect <laughs> that. I think that's a very, that makes a lot of sense. It's very yeah. personal. Well, you did say a rule that it, we haven't heard anyone else say this, but it is something that we discussed once. I call it the high school rule. Never touch the principal. Stop. Whoa! Stop. Stop. <laughs> that was, no, thank you everyone. That was our financial advisor. David business said that. actually. Did someone actually say that? Uh, yes, fucking David <laughs> Business, our financial advisor. Sounds like it's maybe like, a character. It, 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 some, <laughs> some say it's as a character that David looks a lot. Said, as I believe David looks said. Looks a lot like Kenny. You can never touch the principal unless the principal touches you. Yes, I then do. Then you can touch that. the principal. Yeah. Very disgusting. That is literally the only advice about investing that I know and I'm pretty I'm I can't be certain I'm pretty sure I learned it on Frasier <laughs> if you learn it on Frasier then it's gotta be true then it's gotta be good but I think I think um yeah, I, I think that's all really, really relevant information, and I think that you should be cautious, should be careful. And and I, I don't know, this week, I wonder how careful we were because we invested all of our money into Airbnb, which mm. I think normally we talk about it in the first half, but I recommend that we talk about Airbnb when we come back from After the break! The break. Airbnb is a company we put all of our money into. So before I get into some of my feelings about Airbnb, Mimi, what is your experience with Airbnb as a company? Oh, I was an early adopter. Really? I think I was. I don't... I. I went to college in Scotland, and so really, yeah. I, listen, I'm a human onion, <laughs> stinky, stinky layers, honey. Um, but I feel like I kind of missed the the rise of it. So I feel like it was pretty early to be on it in 2012 and 2013. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's early, early days. Okay. Yes. So I when I first came out to LA, it was the summer before my senior year of college, and I came out to LA to intern at a comedy theater that sadly no longer exists, Nerd Melt, mm. and. I ended up looking for an Airbnb as my place to stay for a month, which now feels crazy because like I can barely afford an Airbnb for like a couple of days. Yes. But that shows feel. how different it was in 2013. And what's really insane about it is because I was going to be staying for so long, I met all these people in person and toured them as if I was going to be like renting them. You met the Airbnb hosts? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You've never done that? No. Oh. I just like go and pray to <laughs> God like that there's like, a. You're the weird one. Like, I, we I, all I think you're weird. to meet all of them like a day <laughs> or two before. about it. You lunch, you womb, you yeah. don't yeah. use protection, yeah. you yeah. see what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm coming how in. I had my first three kids. I don't know. You're <laughs> yeah. being so weird. <laughs> you're being so weird. You've never had the host like walk you through the place? Oh, 
Yeah, but Mimi's saying she would go and then be like, I don't want this one. It was literally like I was renting it, but it was such early days of Airbnb. And because I was staying for so long, people wanted to meet me as well. So I I did have that happen as well. Was it on the app or was it on the old website? It was actually on the app, which is psychotic because I had an iPhone three. It was not. Which it, it, was an, it was actually it set the iPhone on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's what it should have done. Set your iPhone on fire. <laughs> it should have like Jesus. overheated and burst into flames. <laughs> and this is also, I had rented a Chevy Impala at work. Yeah, um, we go. I had rented a Chevy Impala. I had just learned how to drive. Because um, you grew up in New York. I grew up in the city. Yeah. Um, and I was driving around in the longest Chevy that's ever existed. The yeah. Chevy Impala is limousine length it's so mm-hmm. long and Chevy like there Impala? was no navigation in it and like kind of never really been to LA having to like find my way to these weird little houses um and that was my early experience uh, I'm looking at it. the Chevy Impala this thing's a boat it's a boat it's yeah. super long and like I kept backing it into things and it would get these little dents <laughs> oh, and then I would, I would drive back literally every time it happened over a summer I kept going back to the Hertz and it was this old man who was running the Hertz and I'd come in and be like <laughs> hello Mimi and he would go you got the insurance I don't care and he'd smile <laughs> and I'd go are you sure he'd go I don't care Fuck yeah I love <laughs> that's that great <laughs> but so it was a really big part of me first moving to LA and then I did it again when I moved out here in 2015 mm-hmm. and that was like my major experience and and there are like, there are some places that I truly believe like you need to be in a rental house to stay in. Like I don't yes. like if you're going to Joshua Tree, you simply need to be in a house. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be in a hotel. You simply need to be in a house. That is the experience. hundred right. percent. Yeah. I, I when I moved to LA for the first time, I lived in K Town for two weeks in like a hostel. Not a hostel. It was like this big house with a bunch of small rooms and this oh. this was this room was a just like a room and a mattress <laughs> and like. It, but but yeah, like when you're going, especially you're moving to a new spot, like yeah. I don't know, a hotel like when 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 it started too, it was it seemed as though it was so much more affordable. We'll get it into what, le- yeah, it really was. It, and I that summer, that first summer, I, lived, I was thinking about it before I came here. I was like, I wonder how much I paid for that. And then I was like, Well, I remember I used money from my summer job. Yeah, I had essentially a one bedroom apartment in Hollywood that I had rented from someone else that was fully furnished, was super safe. It was less than $1,000. For a month? For a month. Jesus Christ. Which now makes me want to throw up thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Because that's just simply not to possible. To have your rent be like eight, 900 bucks for it like- It was insane. <laughs> it was like the sweetest freaking deal and I had no <laughs> idea. It's it's very interesting and like and I'll I'll do like a quick quick little abridged version. So I want to give a little context into the company of Airbnb, which I did a little bit of research on. But so well, we this week we invested all of our money into ABNB. So Airbnb Incorporated engages in the management and operation of an online marketplace. Its marketplace model connects hosts and guests online through mobile devices to book spaces. The company was founded by uh, Brian Chesky, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> How would you say this guy's last name? Apparently, I didn't do enough research. Uh, Belichick. Yes, Bill Belichick's niece. Oh, the oh, middle like guy. The, no, no, no. It's it's uh, a. I don't know how to. You said it so confidently. Oh. This is why I don't invest. Hey, this is why I don't invest. Uh, <laughs> Blekerzik. Blekerzik. Sure. Oh, it's Zitch. Blekerzik. I remember. This is going to sound strange. I think I there was a girl I went to high school with whose last name was Nisevich. Oh, it was spelled like that. So it might be Blekarzich. Okay. 
This is also a phonics podcast. Um, is that right? Hooked on phonics. Let's go. You guys didn't uh, tell me that the whole second half of the podcast was just going to be how to pronounce names. <laughs> it's, it's, Do you want to weigh in on Eastern European last names? It was that guy. <laughs> it was this guy, that guy. Joseph Gabia in 2007 had headquartered this in San guy, Francisco, California. Guy. The listed name for ABNB is Airbnb Inc. Class A common stock. So it started, uh, it started, so you were saying is 2011 uh, early time to get in. Yes. Um, so they started around like 2007, I believe. Uh, there was this big conference that was coming to San Francisco. Uh, the city was getting unlivably high rented and the two guys were roommates and they were like, we're fucking dying here. There was this conference that was coming to San Francisco and all the hotels were booked up. So they started this idea of like, hey, we're going to make a website and for 80 bucks, you can sleep on one of our three air mattresses for the, you know, two weeks that this conference is here. Jesus. And people, you know, they had a good time hosting. The people really liked it. And they were like, this might be a good business. So they kind of like putzed around and like had some trouble getting it off the ground. And then in 2008, uh, the Democratic National Con Convention in Denver happened when Obama was running for president. Uh, Denver was expecting 100,000 people to come. They really only had like 30,000 rooms in the area. They were like, this is going to be fucking great. We're going to start doing Airbnb out here. And weirdly enough, so they, they started trying to do Airbnb out there for that convention. It didn't go super well, but they started making these cereal boxes of, uh, like Captain McCain and like Obama O's and they would just get like shitty cereal God, and put in these made was boxes. Wasn't it? it was oh, exhausting. <laughs> but they started selling these cereal boxes and made like $30,000 mm. just like selling for like 40 bucks a pop, um, and made a bunch of money to start out Airbnb and that kind of took off. Wow. Y Combinator gave them $20,000. I used to work for a Y Combinator company. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's like an investing startup company, whatever. They gave them $20,000. Then they keep kind of growing out. And then, you know, they eventually are just doing rooms. And then Barry Manilow's drummer is like, can I can I put my entire house on this? This just is make... an insane story. It's the fucking wild. The players in this story are insane. It, literally. So Barry Manilow's drummer has this, like, huge house. He's like, I have this huge fucking house. And I, can I just rent out the whole house? And that's where they were like, um, oh, my fucking God, yes. And it took that idea of the joke in in Silicon Valley of like, oh, people are paying to sleep on a couch. Now it was like you were saying, what if you could have your own house? What if you could have right. a real house that you could live in and so on and so forth? They get a bunch more money. Ashton Kutcher puts a shitload of money on, puts himself as a strategic guy on the board of Airbnb. More and more shit happened, but that, that's kind of how things took off from there. So that's, wow. that's Airbnb. But now, caught up to fucking now, I, I just talked a lot, so I, I want to keep it brief, but... Fun for a while, and I feel like when you were talking about it, like going on the website, going on your app, and just mm -hmm. having a place, it was a really exciting thing. How do you feel about Airbnb? When was the last time you took an Airbnb? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I think it was – I was in uh, – sometime last fall. I was in Portland, um, Oregon in September, and I was in an Airbnb there. And then in October, I was also in an Airbnb in Joshua Tree. How, oh, that sounds fun. It was I like fun. The, I've done that Airbnb in Joshua Tree. Yes, situation. and I – I have friends who are Airbnb hosts. And so I have like, you know, a little bit of understanding what it's like from their side. But the experience I had in Joshua Tree made me really, really sad because mm -hmm. it was this, it was an awesome house. Really? And I was like, Pool? I don't know, I was on some like eat, pray, love shit. Alone. <laughs> I was like, I want to go alone. Oh, um, damn. Okay. Yeah. Which like looking back now, 
someone should have stopped me. Um, but <laughs> Joshua Tree oh, is a great. desert town, two and a half hours to four hours, depending on when yeah, you depending leave. on the traffic. Yeah, and so I went for and I went because it was like going to be this crazy full moon, and I was like, oh, this will be super cool to see it out there. And um, the house itself was awesome. It was like so mm-hmm. super cool, and I actually did feel like really safe there. Like there, it was like remote, but there were enough people around where I wasn't scared. But driving there was really, really difficult. It was like a really rocky dirt road. Ugh. And I drive a really stupid car. I drive a VW Beetle, which is just like, I, I'm in a Barbie car. I a drive right in a Barbie car. stupid car. It's yeah. a cool car, but I know what you mean. And I love it, but it's like, you know. Yeah, you're not taking it off-roading. Yeah. Um, and they had totally, the, the host had totally warned me, but it was much longer than they let on. It was much longer to be doing that. And getting up to the house was was really challenging. And so I was like, well, I do feel like, like I had a great time. It was like clean. It was safe. It was nice. It was actually, I thought, nicer than what they had said. And there was a pool. Mm-hmm. There was like one of those cowboy pools, like a dipping pool. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so it was cool. But I was like, you know, just to be a good guest for future mm-hmm. guests i'm gonna rate the like accessibility a little bit lower everything else was five Ooh. stars but i was like i'm gonna give it like four and a half or four stars or whatever it is because that was really challenging and that is a downside to this property but that makes mm-hmm. sense because of where mm-hmm. it is and and the host wrote me and was like i'm really upset you did like very sincerely like Ugh. now people aren't gonna be able to find it i was like are you kidding me i was like based on one thing and he was like i know and he's like and then it means i have to reach out to people and it's so awful to have to reach out and ask people to go back and change it. And I was like, I was like, I just feel so awful for you that that's what your income on this experience is. And so like, of course I'll go back. Like, yes, no problem. Yeah. But it, it like broke my heart for the person who was hosting. I I think what's changed about Airbnb and this scenario uh, highlights it perfectly is that I think the idea of Airbnb, Airbnb was like, I'm going to be gone for a week. All right. Let me rent my house out. And this will be fun. This sort of utopia that the tech bros dreamed of, of like, when I'm out of town, I'll rent my house on Airbnb. What they didn't um, anticipate was people taking loans from banks to buy yes. houses that will solely be Airbnbs. Yes. Totally. And then if anyone gives you like less than a five-star rating, you start getting worried if you can make your interest payments on your We're fucking... Even- oh, God. Oh, oh, God damn it. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. We, Remember when I... Is giving this like impassioned speech. I was trying like, to press state, the yes button. About the state... <laughs> Do you know what I'm so sorry that I said in the beginning? Kenny knows the buttons and I just paw at it. That is so I'm very funny. sorry. I'm but, so but, sorry. But you, I mean. <laughs> I'm so I, sorry. And, and I'm over here being like, man, I wish I had something more to offer on this podcast. <laughs> but you're over there just. At least you're not <laughs> fucking it up. Fucking it up. Um. <laughs> What is that? Like a stick of sword? I think it's a fucking like elephant getting I caught in the La Brea tar pits. <laughs> I love it. Um, I I hear what you're saying, and I think for a lot of people, at least people I know who do the hosting themselves, it's like they set aside this time, they set up this model when people were coming regularly and they weren't contending, you know, with all these different factors that have now mm-hmm. influenced Airbnb. But like. For this guy, it was obviously his home. Like, he obviously lived in it half oh, okay, the time. okay, okay. And that's kind of what made it so sad, is that yes. it was like, okay, he's giving up his time here. And, like, fall is the absolute best time to be in Joshua right. Tree. So yeah, he's yeah. giving up this home that he probably, like, there was a lot of, like, loves. DIY stuff in it. That's and it was, sweet. like, really special. And then I was like, oh, and now it's like, like you know, it just, it feels, like, very emotionally complicated. But there is also <laughs> that other side of it, that very corporate side of it, mm-hmm. where you have these small companies yeah. Buying places, taking these loans, as you say, and 
than like gouging the hell out of people. I, I yeah, I do. I just think it's strange that this whole five star thing of like if something's yes. not five star, it means it's like bad quality. It's just yeah. it's just so strange to me. And it's tied to their algorithm. So yeah. if you don't have a perfect review, then right. you get pushed down in the algorithm and then nobody can find you. And like, Ugh. I just feel like the reputation of Airbnb has changed so much. And you have a handful of people like this guy, like some other places I've stayed and people I know who are like, really trying to do these curated experiences for and people. And those are so good. And those they're Airbnbs. amazing. Yeah, and that's like the those. best thing <laughs> ever when you go and they're like, first of all, it feels like a real house and then you get to like cosplay as someone who lives there. Oh yeah. And like yeah. pretend like this is your little life. Yeah. And they've got all these great things. And then Airbnb does experiences. Have you guys ever done an Airbnb experience? I, I have see not. them on there. Have you done one? I did one. I went to an alpaca farm. Ooh, thoughts? Yeah. It was awesome. It like rocked my world. It was yeah. so cool. <laughs> but that's, that's Airbnb because I do know what you're saying. I love when you go to an Airbnb and they're like leave a note on the table being like, if you have some time, this is the coffee shop yes. to go. But this is Airbnb being like, hey, you're in Portland, you should go to this wine tasting, or you should... This was a guy who... So, like, you can put up experiences in the same way you could put up, like, your house. Mm -hmm. And he had a really interesting story where he had worked for Starbucks. Mm. He had worked for, like, um, their tea company. I guess they have, like, a... Tazo? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Sure, yes. Tazo, whatever. And he... (laughs) I don't like to admit that when men are right. Um, (laughs) And that's just, like, personal to me. We never Um, are. And uh, Honey, I know it. Um, (laughs) But I'm happy to be here because I always want to help out, like, struggling male comedians um, as a woman in the industry. Uh, But... (laughs) (laughs) Giving us a leg up. Thank you. Please help. We're waiting straight. Send the elevator down. It's been a hard road for you guys. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad someone else is saying it. It's been a hard road. You just really haven't had all the opportunities and people believing um, innately that you're funny and and trusting you. But anyhow, um, but so him and his wife, like he'd left corporate America and they decided to start a farm. And so they offered tours of their farm as part of an experience because they had been screwed over by Airbnb. Really? And they had built like, um, like a detached unit for Airbnbers on their property. And then the rules changed and they couldn't do anything. And so they were like, how can we pivot and keep being a part of this because this like this became something that was like very enriching to their lives. Right. And so they started doing these experiences. And it was an amazing experience and they were super cool. But the Airbnb, like it's kind of like the um Amazon buying the stores thing, right? It's like you have a place that you want to do, so then you use Airbnb for the um not publicity, for the visibility of like, I have this cool house. Airbnb is helpful because now people know where to find my house. But right. then as it's a as it's a company, which is one thing we fucking learn and talk about all the time. Once you are a company that is public, your only job, whatever you do, is to make more money every yes. single time. Yes. So that it's the same with why I will always go on a fucking rant about how shitty fucking Uber is. And now mm. Uber used to be really, really great. But now they pay their drivers shit. Yeah. They pay, they make us pay a shitload, and it's all terrible. But so they made this experience through like through Airbnb and they they said it was like working for them. It was a positive thing for them. Yeah, I mean at the time, but you know, it seems like the pathway and like I think Uber's a really good example of this of like, you know, eyes being a little bit bigger than your stomach and yeah. it's like suddenly they stop prioritizing the people who are creating the experience (laughs) and start valuing the bottom line. And then that ultimately affects user experience and like client experience. Like it trickles down to us. And I look back on those early days of Airbnb, similarly to the way I do with, with Uber and Lyft too. It's like, you know, something that could be this great source of passive or side income. Yes. For P and obviously we're, we're, 
creative people, we understand the importance of having these flexible side jobs gigs, and hustles. side gigs and all those things. And then it becomes harder and harder for that to work and you get out of the honeymoon phase with it. Right. And yeah. I, I hope that's not what happens with Airbnb because I had so many great experiences, but it does feel like it's shifting. You know, if you search it on like TikTok or Twitter, you get all these terrible stories. Mm-hmm. I, I think what, ha- so I want to clarify, you mentioned Uber. Yes. Uh, Uber, uh, uh, had a directive from the beginning to replace taxis. Yes. They, and that's why, and they artificially lowered their costs to drive, which I think is tech. They, I don't, people know, I don't know if the government knew they were doing it, but they, it was cheaper on purpose yeah. to compete. And now when they dominate the market, they raise the prices and then they control everything and they fuck yeah. everything over. Yes. I'm not sure Airbnb, they had the directive of replacing hotels as their main thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think over time they were so popular. Yes. Because some of what ha- has happened to Airbnb, I don't think is necessarily Airbnb's fault. I think some of it is the government's fault. Mm. Yeah. Or some of it is like, they levied new taxes on them, right? Like yeah. New York City was like, hey, we yes. have to regulate Airbnb because the hotel lobby in the city is mad. And part yes. of me is like, well, who fucking cares if the hotels are mad? This yeah. is there. But now if you go to New York, you can't get a cheap Airbnb because they like no, essentially you really made them can't. the same prices. Hotels are cheaper than Airbnb. Hotels are now officially cheaper. They are. And and I'm going to just like really seamlessly plug something that I just did. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I was touring my one woman show, I was <gasps> directed by John Milheiser with music by Marshall Ross. Um, yes. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? Women and Things. Thank you. Um, when we were touring it uh, in New York, uh, I thought, I was like, oh, it'll be fabulous. Like, we'll just get an Airbnb and yeah. Marshall and his partner and me and my partner were like, we'll all stay there. And then I was like, no, I truly can't even, aff- I, I wouldn't even be able to afford a quarter of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and then it was too much because we did like, a show in one theater and then we took a night off and then we did a show in another theater and I was like, oh, I'll just stay through those. Literally, that was too much. Yeah. So I (laughs) stayed with family in Long Island (laughs) and then came back and stayed in two different hotels because it was cheaper to stay in two different hotels which is crazy than it was to consecutively stay. And then you're in a hotel and it's cheaper and then you leave your hotel and come back and you're like, they're fucking making the beds in these places? I know. I've got a continental breakfast in this place? I know. And that's not fucking worth it. people say too is they're like, there's Too many chores and rules. Yeah, (laughs) have you heard those of like the Airbnb like yelling at you, like take the trash out? I'm like, thank you, okay, mom. It's like too much. There, there was one Airbnb I stayed in, the one I stayed in in Portland, where I was legitimately having anxiety. Yeah, because they just put because there were so many rules. And my friend and I, who I was staying there with, we were howling because they had left all these passive aggressive notes around the house. (laughs) And there were there were two of us staying there. And there was like one very measly towel provided for each of us. And this is what the note said. And I I swear to God, this is the exact phrasing because I'll never forget it. It said, due to the highly, um, what was it? The high, Due to the highly intimate nature of their use, washcloths will not be provided. Oh my God. And I God. was like, what does this person <laughs> think women use washcloths for? <laughs> that they're so highly intimate and personal nature. Oh my God. And so then I was like. You shove them up your asshole, right? <laughs> That's where I'm putting them, baby. That's where else hey, are they going to I need more than one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I need that thing to come out my mouth. <laughs> it comes out my mouth, out my butthole, and I go, <laughs> We're going to a magic show. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. That's the how I like to get clean. Note. Yeah, and I, 
is this an is this an appropriate time to tell my haunted Airbnb? Tell your haunted Airbnb. Is this an appropriate? The transition is perfect. Let me turn off the lights. Yeah, turn them off, baby. <laughs> Do you like this? We can turn them back on. No, honestly, I've been waiting for years to sit in a dark room with two male comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the lights back on. Let's uh, back on. Uh, yeah, no. so, um, I, uh, <laughs> this was another Portland Airbnb. Listen, gang, I've really lived a colorful <laughs> life. And um, I was sitting there with a couple of friends. And my boyfriend, and famously my boyfriend and I, sleep in separate bedrooms. That's Woo! what I want on a button for me the next time I come on. Because I will be invited back. Of course. Our romance specialist. Yeah. Our hospitality, you could be our hospitality consultant. Maybe. Introducing our hospitality consultant. <gasps> Mimi Vangel. Thank you so much. I That just really brings me to a very kind of milky place in my voice. <laughs> so I'll just bring it down here. Um, so I was in my room and he was in his room. And then our friend was in a room downstairs. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, and my room was the children's bedroom, which I think a lot of people find children's stuff creepy. I don't think it's creepy. I think it's cute. That's not a problem for me. What was a problem for me was that there was uh, like what I thought was a closet door that actually opened into like an under the stairs playroom. Ooh. No, thanks. No, thanks, uh, ma'am. No, 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 no. So I was like, oh, OK, I'm going to keep this door closed for sure. Um, but the house was lovely. I felt really safe, really comfortable there. I go to sleep. And I'm, like, having trouble sleeping, but I'm definitely fully asleep, but not dreaming. And I feel a cat jump up onto the bed. Yeah. And I go, oh, a cat must have, like, got... I don't know why I'm, like, so casual. I'm like, oh, a cat must, must have got There must be a cat in this empty yeah, house that exactly. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. So I turned the light on no cat there. And I was like, well, I felt the cat, like, come on the bed, make biscuits, and, like, lay down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I go back to sleep. It keeps happening. This cat keeps jumping up on my bed, and there's no cat there. Next morning, my friend's like, oh, yeah, I was, like, looking through the stuff on the bookcases, and I found this box full of teeth. And I thought they were human teeth, and I looked at them, and they're cat teeth. Oh! <laughs> yeah. So the cat was jumping up there, and, like, I... Whoa. Oh, no. Could not sleep in that house. But I wasn't, it wasn't that I was scared. I just couldn't sleep. Like there was just like too much going on Ugh. and it was very stressful. And then I was like, okay, this would be, as, should this be like a whole other side of Airbnb where it's like, you know, you have a haunted house. Well, yeah. If you know that it's haunted, you could, there's one of two things you can try Market. and hide it or yeah, put it on the thing and, and double the price. Yeah. Which honestly would be a good, which would be a good move because as Airbnb grows. It's an episode of Nathan for you. It's, it's an episode of Nathan. <laughs> that actually, that is what it is. As it grows, <laughs> they need to find more ways to make more money. So I, I think this is a good chance. So Mimi, what we did is last week we invested all of our money in Hormel Chili. Um, and this week we invested all of our money into Airbnb. So we invested. A natural progression. A natural progression. That one was a little more strange, but it was, it's, it's, it's a great app. Um, but we invested $5,870 and 68 cents into Airbnb for one full week. What do you think happened? Do you think we made money, lost money, stayed the same? Well, it's hard to say because I want to say that you made money because I don't know. Kenny told me to write him a check. So. Oh. I just assumed. I hope that was the both of us, not just him. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I said direct deposit. <laughs> uh, just based on what I said. <laughs> I said don't check with Mike about it, and we'll just. Not. I like the idea that Kenny's siphoning money and telling people you're, this is real money. Um, and I'm like, I told you guys to invest for me. Yeah, I don't understand. We make our guests invest real money with us. <laughs> I originally pitched that we use real money on the show, and Kenny was like, absolutely fucking not. I We're mean, not if it was a that. small amount. I said we should both put in $100, but that wouldn't work. That's not like, true. You pitched $1,000. Yeah, I did pitch $1,000. <laughs> it okay, would have I'm been fun. I'm obsessed with the fact that you have $1,000. I know, but I, off, I got 500 for me, 500 from Kenny. I could take out a loan or something. We'd figure yeah. it. We'd find a way. 
great. And if there's one thing we've learned, taking out a loan always <laughs> works out. <laughs> it's always good. It's always good. Um, I'm going to guess just based on what's been going on with uh, our markets here in this gorgeous country of ours that things did not go so well well let's see so we got keith in the corner on the drums keith hit the drums please last week we put all of our money to hormel and this week we invested five thousand eight hundred seventy dollars and 68 cents into airbnb for one full week and over that week we gained three hundred fifteen dollars and forty goddamn motherfucking cents I'm very, very excited about this. Um, wow, that's a nice little chunk of change. Um, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, so um, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, let's give me one second. So, yeah. So we put all that money into Airbnb. So it's saying uh, Airbnb stands to benefit from worker flexibility, driving higher long-term yeah. travel demand. The mm. the pandemic, which I think it's funny, uh, SNL was like said something about that like COVID COVID nineteen never actually went away, and also now it's back. It's like yes. it's getting bad. Um, and this episode comes out two weeks from now, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But at the end of the day, when you think of something like Airbnb, people are able to travel again. There's so many remote workers, like people like like you're saying, like I have the flexibility to just get a place by myself. They pivoted too. If you go on the website, you can search for uh, has home office, has Wi Fi. Yes. You can search yes. all the stuff that you need for working uh, remote. Yeah. Well, and they have such a great leg to stand on right now because I think a lot of people are still afraid of hotels. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. You know, and in the post pandemic world, I think there's a lot more people who are not only working remote, but are more into that nomadic. Was it we used to say digital nomads? That's what my boyfriend was saying. People digital digital nomads? nomads. Digital nomads was like the hot phrase when Airbnb came out. I mean, it's it, uh, digital nomads. I, I guess it, that, it makes Barf. sense. But, <laughs> but I mean, there are still things to be cautious of. of. Of again, like Kenny, like was saying, like you were saying about New York, like like this is becoming regulated. There's taxes, these goddamn yeah. booking fees. It's it's just getting more expensive. But they're also saying, you know, it's the network has reached a critical mass scale. Uh, they're constantly ongoing with expansions and stuff like that. So people are saying it might be a good time to invest. Hey, hey it worked out well enough for us this week. I want to jump in real quick because I know we have to wrap up in a second. I think a good way, because we were talking about this sort of upsetting corporate air version of Airbnb and the lack of experiences, a good hack for finding fun Airbnbs oh. is to look for B&Bs. Specifically, mm. the B and B and Airbnb, because anyone who's going to serve mm. you breakfast is more guaranteed yes. to have like an experience. And I, I, I have to tell you this story. This is the one of the very first times I used Airbnb after I graduated college. Uh, it was we stayed at all B and Bs because it was relatively okay. new at that time, and so most of them were places where you'd go and stay. Yada yada. Where Airbnb in, used to be called Air Bed and Breakfast, by the way. Keep going. Uh, so many fun. And we were in <laughs> Oregon. My friend and I, we were driving from San Francisco to Seattle to drive him to his job at Amazon. Everything's coming together. Um, and we stay at this Airbnb in Oregon and we arrive and they greet us. And my friend, because Airbnb was new and he's European, he bought a bottle of wine to give the host to be like, oh my God. thank oh, you yes. as like a gift. And as we go over, it's we're two 23-year-old dudes. Uh, they go, there's just so you know, there's a hot tub. In that part of the house. Oh. And um, you don't need to wear clothes if you don't want. Ooh, and that's oh. what they said. <laughs> and so we slept in the same bed. And then uh, we used Go the girl. hot tub. <laughs> and the next morning they served us breakfast and they had a piano 
and they found out that I was a musician. Stop. And th- these were like three like Portlandia characters. It That's was like so funny. Oh, an old my God. strange man, a woman with old woman with purple hair, <laughs> and then their friend who lived with them. Oh who my God. I, no jokes, but like hello, like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And there's a piano, and as we're eating breakfast, they go, "You're a musician. Why don't you play something for Stop. us?" That's Stop. fucking amazing. Stop. <laughs> they were Did you? Breakfast. Playing chopsticks. And if you go to my Airbnb profile, one of I think my first guest reviews is Kenny serenaded us at the piano <laughs> over breakfast. Stop. <laughs> so that's the experience oh you would get if you search for B and B. Okay, you yeah. are you're actually enchanting. Like you're a doll. That is so cute. That. That is the thing, though. It's like, let's... You As know opposed what? to what? A, a keypad where you enter a number and you enter and it feels exactly. like a war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a war? I feel like I'm going to a fucking bomb You're shelter. You're not thinking of the trash! Yeah. It's such a different... Exp- like, an actual bed and breakfast experience is Fuck full yeah. of insane shit like that. Yeah. Where yeah. it's just sort of like, how did I end up here? And I'm now part I of this a, person's family. I did another one in Providence where the guy served us breakfast and he came down and he spoke in an English accent and was wearing a tuxedo as he served Stop. breakfast. Really? Yeah. Was he English? No. No, no, no. He, <laughs> oh, he was no, doing no. a character. But he did have problems. He did, like, for breakfast, he'd be like, like a butler. Welcome to breakfast. Stop. <laughs> Would you like eggs? <laughs> okay. This is awesome. Yeah. This is, like, a very eerie <laughs> glimpse into my future. I my, yeah. I, I do believe that my, my dad supports my comedy career, but there was a really funny moment, and my boyfriend and I still can't get over it. It was, like, real, like, height, height, height of pandemic. Yeah. Nobody's leaving their houses. It might have been that first Christmas. He sends me an email and he keeps calling me. He's like, did you check your email? Check your email. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll check it. It was a property for sale in Vermont. Mm-hmm. None of us live near Vermont. Okay, yeah. none of us. <laughs> that had once been a bed and breakfast and my dad was like, I think you and Nick should buy it. Stop. <laughs> and I was like, what? But he talked about it as if we had always been talking about me buying a bed and breakfast. Of he course. was like, Nick really likes to cook. You really like to entertain people. And bless my father's heart. It was like s- such a sweet way of being like, you both get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> it gets to cook. That's it's very sweet. And I was like, the sweetness of it was so darling. And then I was like, well, he really cares. So I didn't want to just be like, no, that's not what I want to do with my life. So instead I was like, you know, I think my main concern is like foot traffic to the area. There's not a lot of like tourist attractions around. But, but keep then, sending them over. But it was that time. And I don't know if you guys went through this. It was that period of the pandemic where everyone was like, should I change careers? Yeah. yeah or should yeah, I yeah, leave? Yeah. yeah. Should I leave Los Angeles? Should I change careers? Like, should I go become a painter? I've never picked up a paintbrush. Yeah, yeah. And so there was like a weird week when Nick and I were like, do we just go own a bed and breakfast and like become it's, those freaks who are getting Kenny to serenade us. Wearing tuxedos, <laughs> wearing tuxedos and serving tuxedos. eggs and bacon. Exactly. Like I could see it. It's a good, it's probably good to know that I could see that for you and I think it would be very successful. I can yeah. see the reviews now <laughs> of Mimi saying and Nick, Nick made a, an yeah. eggs ragu that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I would it say that. It was weird that she came into bed with us at night. <laughs> it wasn't sexual. She just wanted to be held. Yeah. It was very odd. <laughs> It'd be amazing if you owned uh, a bed and breakfast, and when people checked in in the afternoon, you'd be like, and just so you know, Rhonda will be serving breakfast. And be like, who's Rhonda? <laughs> oh, my and God. And you, you come, come in the way. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I studied characters at Groundlings and UCB, and you are going to be seeing all of my life's work in the next 24 hours. I would book a room. <laughs> It's a you. different character for every. It's like that. That's they, actually not. I will say we went to, and I can't 
recommend it enough and I wish I knew the name of it, but um, it just flew out of my head. But if you've, so there's like two sides of Catalina Island. Have you guys ever been to Catalina Island? I have. I have. Yeah, okay, so you've been to Two Harbors? I've been no. to whatever the main one is. Okay, so that's Avalon. So there's the other one, which is Two Harbors. So it's like only one ferry goes over there and there's only one place you can stay. I thought it was a oh. hotel. Turns out it was sort of a bed and breakfast. I swear to God, there was two people working on the whole island. Everywhere we went, it was the same two people. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> At different times and different outfits. It was so, and Nick and I were like howling because we were also, you know, they're pumping us full of wine. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sun drunks were like, are we making this up? Everywhere we went, it was the same guy. And he was like, hello. Hello. <laughs> Everywhere we went. And the same woman. And she was like the one picking us up and driving us up. She was also the one like serving us cheese at 4 p.m. <laughs> and she was also picking up our bags. It was just like the She's same like a fake two people. Mustache. And it was like, really fun. I love the idea of your Vermont Airbnb. And it's like fully staffed with like an Annie level. Like, <laughs> I think you're going to like it here. But it's just you and Nick and like different wigs. And we just get to a green room. We're like, I'm ready, I'm ready for the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're way. losing them, Nick. We're losing them. Punching up lines. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sex arc with one of the guests. It's going to be great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, maybe uh, you've been fantastic. You've been amazing. On the show. Oh, my gosh. Thank when, you guys so much for having me. This is so fun. I'm sorry we have to wrap it up. It's my fault. No, I actually, we, we do need to go because I have, I have huge plans tonight. Because I'm. Uh, <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I said I have huge plans tonight. And you laughed. It's very you similar to when true. you said, Was it I who betrayed you, Jesus? And we laughed. <laughs> You just You're knew it couldn't me. be real. You and plans. Ah! I know. I, I actually have absolutely nowhere to be, and I would have stayed here for another six hours had you oh let God. me. Come back as our as our hospitality consultant. I, love I do. I'm going to be up in the chopper. You catch <laughs> me in the chopper anytime. When is, would you do your show? Because you we only you talked about it for a second. I wanted you to talk about your, your one-woman show. like Because yes. I'm sad I didn't get to see it. We weren't friends yet. So I do a one-woman show that's um, essentially the same pitch as the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I play a lot of different characters. The show's called Women and Things because I play both women and also things. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a cabaret comedy show. I have a musician who you went to college with. Yeah, Marshall Ross, Marshall very talented Ross, guy. One of, Funny guy too. But does he do bits and gags in the He does some bits. Okay, good. And he's he's very he's very, very funny in the show. Um I prefer that he not speak because it's my moment, but <laughs> he is very funny in the show. Um <laughs> and we just did it at the Lyric Hyperion in Los Angeles, and then we did it in New York at the Asylum, which unfortunately I just found out was closing at the Asylum. Jesus. And really? then yes, oh, um, and then well, they're moving to a different theater. They're not closing. They're moving to a different oh, theater. Okay. I should I should clarify, but yeah. yes. Um, so we did it at the Asylum, which was fabulous. And we did it at Club Coming, and then we went to Las Vegas, and we did it there. Oh wow! And um, we're bringing it back to LA. It's going to be at UCB February thirteenth. Whoa! I know. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. February thirteenth. It's a perfect amuse bouche to Valentine's Day. It'll yeah. really get you in the mood. Uh <laughs> Girl, hey, girlfriends and fiancés love it. Girl, listen, it's for girlfriends and fiancés. Girls, take your man. Men take your girls. Girls take your girls. Men Ladies, take your men. Everyone go. Leave your man at home. Is no! actually what I said. <laughs> No. My fiance no, goes and I'm not allowed. It's for all genders. Um, um, and I'm also on a mod team at UCB that performs um, the first Wednesday of every month. We're called Honey. Love it. And then I host a monthly show at the Glendale Room, which is a fabulous venue uh, called Golden Hour, which hopefully you guys will come and be on. Of course. Um, and and that's it. IG, where can people find you and find these events? Oh, girls? yes. At Mimi. Period Von Shack. Love it. V O N S H A C K? No, sir. V O N S C H A C K. Ooh, love it. Thank you so much for having me and for talking about um, Les Mis. 
Of course. course. Yeah. Thank you so much. You literally can come back anytime. <laughs> Everyone listening, thanks so much. Ken, we've got random people giving us five stars on, on Apple Podcasts. Really? Like, yes, and I That's fucking love it. Oh, people so. listen to this? this people really actually listen, believe it or not. <laughs> so follow us. Do whatever. I don't know. Have a good day. We'll see you next week. Thanks Bye. Thank you for listening to the Paper Jam Podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at the Paper Jam Pod or shoot us an email at thepaperjampod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you like what you hear, check out our Patreon, where Mike and I post bonus episodes, videos, and other sweet, sweet content for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Music for best. Audio.